1: gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Canadian Natural Resources fourth quarter and 2020 earnings results conference call and webcast. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question-and-answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to turn the conference call over to Mr. Corey Beegar. Executive Advisor, please go ahead.
2: Thank you, Operator. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining our fourth quarter and year-end 2020 conference call. With me this morning are Tim McKay, our President, Darren Fichter, Chief Operating Officer, Exploration and Production, and Mark Stainthorpe, our Chief Financial Officer. Before we begin, I would refer you to the special note regarding non-GAAP measures contained in our press release. These measures used to evaluate the company's performance should not be considered to be more meaningful than those determined in accordance with IFRS. I would also like to refer you to the comments regarding forward-looking statements contained in our press release, and would also note that all amounts are in Canadian dollars and production and reserves are expressed as before royalties, unless otherwise stated. With that, I'll now pass the call over to Tim McKay.
3: Thank you, Corey. Good morning, everyone. The COVID-19 pandemic has impacted our lives and the way we operated our businesses in 2020 including the many precautions that we had to put in place to protect our stakeholders canadian natural would like to thank our employees contractors suppliers and shareholders for their support through this challenging year despite the challenges in 2020 canadian natural delivered top-tier operational and financial results which is a result of the strength of our low life low life long low decline assets and operational excellence of our people, which maximized free cash flow in a challenging year. In 2020, we were nimble. Quickly lowering our capital with our long life, low decline, and high quality asset base, we still achieved record annual corporate BUE production of 1.16 million BUEs per day, or approximately 65,000 BUED increase over 2019 levels. With our culture of continuous improvement, we continue to drive effective and efficient operations. And as a result, we had record low annual operating costs of 2046 per barrel of SCO in our oil sands mining upgrading group, a decrease of 210 per barrel. As well, in our North American E&P liquids, we achieved significant operating cost reduction of $1.20 per barrel or 10% lower than 2019 levels. We continue to apply the same drive to ESG environmental, social, and governance to deliver industry-leading performance across the board, a significant factor in our long-term sustainability. Canadian Natural and the entire Canadian oil and gas sector leads the world and has delivered game-changing environmental performance. In 2020, we reduced our corporate GHG intensity by 18%, methane emissions by 28% from 2016 levels. Our safety record is top tier as our corporate Total recordable injury frequency improved to 0.21 in 2020, a reduction of 58% from 2016 levels. We reached significant environmental milestones, including the 5 million ton of CO2 captured at Quest, and now have planted 2.5 million trees at our oil sands mining operations. In our oil sands operations, we can develop technologies using Canadian ingenuity to continue to move us closer. Canadian Natural's aspirational goal of reaching net-zero emissions. Canadian Natural has multiple pathways to achieve net-zero, with actions identified in the near, mid, and long term, and the strength of the Canadian oil sands mining asset is that it's, with its long life, no decline, and with its net manufacturing-like operation, it can have one of the clearest routes, if not the clearest route, to net-zero on, on, of any global assets. I will now do a brief overview of our assets, starting with natural gas. Overall, 2020 annual North American
4: natural
3: natural gas production was 1.48 BCF per day, which is comparable to our 2019 production of 1.49. With North American annual natural gas production of 1.45 versus 1.44 for 2019, which is up slightly as as a result of the company's strategic decision to invest in low cost natural gas opportunities and the acquisition of Painted Pony in Q4. Our annual North American natural gas operating cost was $1.14, which is down 2% when compared to 2019, of $1.16. For the fourth quarter, North American natural gas production was approximately 1.6 BCF per day versus 1.45 for Q4 2019. With strong operating costs of $1. seven per MCF versus Q4 2019 of $1.11 impressive year-over-year operating cost performance as we continue to focus on operational excellence. At Septimus, the company's high-value, liquids rich mountain area, in the second half of 2020, eight wells were drilled, all came on production in Q4, 2020. This project was completed with strong capital efficiencies of approximately $4,800 per BUED, with total current production rates from the new wells at approximately 46 million cubic feet per day and 21, 2,200 barrels a day of NGLs delivering as as expected. Looking forward on an annual strip basis, eco prices for 21 look very strong at $2.78 per GJ, an increase of approximately 31% over 2020 levels, improving the economics of natural gas projects in 2021. Within our high-quality montany lands at Townsend, six to seven wells were brought on production at strong rates, totaling approximately 74 million cubic feet per day, compared to our target of 50, resulting in a strong capital efficiency of approximately $2,200 per flowing BOE. For North American light, oil, and NGLs, annual production was 84,658 barrels per day, down 13% from 2019, primarily result of natural field declines. Annual operating costs were strong at 14.61 per barrel, which is 4% lower than the 2019 annual operating costs of 15.21 per barrel. Q4 production was 88,161 barrels per day down 6% when comparing to Q4 2019, with fourth quarter operating costs that were down 10% to 13.88 per barrel as compared to Q4 2019 operating costs of 15.41 per barrel. In 21 in twenty twenty one, the company continues to advance high value Montney Light crude oil development plan at Wembley, targeting eighteen net wells and a construction of a new crude oil battery with a targeted on stream date of october twenty twenty one. With the crude oil battery in place, new wells are targeted brought on stream at strong capital efficiencies of approximately ninety four hundred dollars per flowing barrel. This project is targeting to exit twenty twenty one at total production rates of approximately 8,500 barrels a day of liquids and 28 million cubic feet of natural gas. Our international assets in 2020 had annual oil production of approximately 40,200 barrels per day, a decrease of 19% versus 2019 levels, primarily due to natural declines. Our international assets continue to generate strong free cash flow and value for the company. Offshore Africa annual production was approximately 17,000 versus 2019 of 21,400 barrels a day, which is down due to natural field declines. CDI operating costs were for 2020 were 13 29 per barrel versus 2019 of 11 21
0: per barrel. In the North
3: Sea, annual production averaged 23,142 barrels a day in 2020 versus 2019 of approximately 28,000 barrels a day. Primarily down primarily due to natural field declines and the succession of production at, in the bank field in 2020. Annual operating costs were strong at 3651 per barrel for, and were comparable to 2019 levels. The team did a great job of managing costs. Moving to heavy oil, annual production was 70,279 barrels a day in 2020 versus 82,189 barrels in 2019, reflecting natural decline limited investment due to commodity prices and the Alberta mandatory curtailment program. Annual operating costs were $1,759 per barrel versus 2019 operating costs of 1666 per barrel. Fourth quarter 2020 production was 65513 barrels versus Q4 2019 production of 94262 barrels per day. While operating costs were 1761 per barrel, versus Q4 2019 of 1503. We continue to focus on effective and efficient operations. A key component of our long life, low decline assets is our world-class Pelican Lake pool, where our leading edge polymer flood continues to deliver significant value. 2020 annual production was 56,535 barrels per day versus 2019 average of 58,855 barrels a day, only a 4% decline reflecting the very low decline of the property. The team continues to do a great job, and we had very strong annual operating costs of $6.03 per barrel, a 3% reduction versus 2019 operating costs of $6.22 per barrel. Fourth quarter, 2020 production was approximately $56,000, down from the fourth quarter of 2019 of $59,000. Operating costs in Q4 2020 were very strong at $5.85 per barrel. At Pelican, our team continues to drive for operational excellence and has been able to mitigate the impact of the decline in production over the last five years, reducing the annual operating costs on a BUE basis, an excellent accomplishment by them. With our low decline and very low operating costs, Pelican Lake continues to have excellent netbacks. We had a strong year in the thermal operations in 2020 as we continued to leverage our continuous improvement culture and our expertise deliver effective and efficient operations. In 2020, our thermal production reached a record of approximately 249,000 barrels a day as we optimized production throughout the year under our curtailment optimization strategy. The strong annual performance in thermal reflects increase in volumes from pad ads at Primrose, re- production ramp up of Kirby North, and additional pad tie-in at Jackfish. The thermal annual operating costs were very strong at 944 per barrel, a decrease of 13% for 2019 levels of 1083, as a result of cost synergies achieved as we integrated in jackfish and curvy field operations, as well as continue to focus on effective and efficient operations. Q4 production was approximately 266, 200 barrels a day, down from Q3 as part of our curtailment optimization strategy with operating costs of 917 per barrel. In October, our thermal team optimized the ramp up of additional pad added jackfish as we recorded a record monthly production of approximately 128,600 barrels a day, a great result by our team. In the company's world class, oil sands mining and upgrading assets, annual production averaged 417,351 barrels a day of FCO, an increase of 6% from 2019 levels, primarily as a result of high utilization rates and operational enhancements. Record low annual operating costs were achieved in 2020 and remain industry-leading, averaging 2046 per barrel of SEO, a decrease of $2.10 from 2019 levels, driven by the company's continued focus on high reliability, cost control, as well as operational enhancements. In summary, the company increased annual SEO production by approximately 22,000 barrels a day over 2019 levels. As well, we reduced the total annual operating cost by 183 million, excluding energy costs. Our teams continue to do an excellent job here, and they are focused on continuous improvement and effective and efficient operations. At sands mining operation, production in Q4 was approximately 417,100 barrels a day as planned maintenance was concluded at Horizon and ASOP ran well at expanded capacity. In the quarter, operating costs were strong at 2020 per barrel of SEO as our teams drive for operational excellence. As well in December, in our oil sands mining assets, we recorded a record monthly of approximately 490,800 barrels a day as we had high utilization rates combined with enhanced capacity and operational excellence. Part of our 2021 budget, a planned 30-day turnaround is scheduled for the month of April. During the shutdown, new incremental operational at the upgrader, is co- coordinated to be tied in. I will now turn it over to Darren for a 2020 reserves review. Thank you, Tim, and good morning. To start, as in previous years, 100% of Canadian Naturals reserves are externally evaluated and reviewed by independent qualified reserve valuators. Our two- 2020 reserves disclosure is presented in accordance with Canadian reporting requirements using forecast prices and escalated costs. The Canadian standards also require the disclosure of reserves on a company gross working interest share before royalties. In 2020, Canadian Natural had an excellent year replacing 361% of the company's 2020 production on a total proved basis. 282% for crude oil, NGLs, bitumen, and synthetic crude oil, and 656% for natural gas. On a total proved plus probable basis, the company replaced 493% of the 2020 production. Total proved reserves increased 10% to 12.1 billion BUE and total proved plus probable reserves increased 12% to 15.9 billion BUE. Of the 12.9 billion BUE of total proved reserves, approximately 7 billion barrels are high value, no decline SCO reserves. It is also important to note that 71% of Canadian Natural's total proved reserves are proved Developed producing reserves at 8.6 billion boe. Finding and development costs are key indicators of the strength of our assets and the company's ability to execute. K Natural delivered top-tier results in in 2020, and our strong performance is reflected in our finding and development costs. The corporate finding, development, and acquisition costs, excluding changes to future development costs are $1.91 per BUE for total proved and $1.40 per BUE for total proved plus probable reserves. Kennedy Natural's finding development and acquisition costs including changes to future development costs are $4.46 per BUE for total proved and $3.46 per BUE for total proved plus probable reserves. The strength and depth of the company's asset base is evident as approximately 80% of the total proved reserves are long life, low decline, resulting in our top tier proved reserve life index of 29.8 years and total proved plus probable reserve life index of 39.2 years. The net present value of future net revenue before income taxes using a 10% discount rate and including the full company ARO, is $80.7 billion for total proved reserves and $98 billion for total proved plus probable reserves. In summary, these excellent results reflect the strength and depth of Canadian Naturals' asset base, the value of the company's long life, low decline reserves, and our ability, ability to execute. Now, I will hand over to Mark for the financial highlights. Thanks, Darren. The fourth quarter was strong operationally
5: and financially, as the base business delivered significant adjusted funds flow of $1.85 billion and free cash flow of approximately $700 million after capital and dividends in the quarter, excluding both the painted pony acquisition and the transportation provision taken in the quarter related to the Keystone XL pipeline project. This was a very strong result and contributed to us exiting 2020 in a robust financial position. Our net debt balance at the end of 2020 would have been down approximately 80 million from ending 2019 levels, excluding costs related to the acquisition completed in Q4. This includes over 2.2 billion returned to shareholders in 2020 through an increased dividend and share repurchases in the year. Focusing on the second half of 2020, we reduced absolute net debt by over one and a half billion as free cash flow was allocated to debt reduction. To date in 2021, we continue to generate significant and growing free cash flow, which has already been allocated to debt repayment, including retiring 362 and a half million of non revolving term loans. The robust free cash flow generation from our assets will continue to facilitate further balance allocation to our four pillars over the long term. This clearly demonstrates the sustainability of our business model, the ability of our unique, long-life, low decline asset base with low-maintenance capital requirements and effective and efficient operations to generate significant free cash flow. We continue to maintain significant liquidity, including revolving bank facilities, cash, and short-term investments. Liquidity at year-end 2020 was approximately $5.4 billion. We had approximately half a billion in commercial paper for which we reserved capacity under these revolving facilities. Given the confidence in our long-life low-decline assets and sustainability of our free cash flow, the Board of Directors have increased the dividend by 11% to $1.88 per share annually, with the first quarterly payment of $0.47 cents per share payable on April 5, 2021. This represents the 21st consecutive year of dividend increases represents a 20 percent KGAR since inception, and further demonstrates the commitment to returning value to shareholders. In addition, subsequent to year end, the Board of Directors authorized management, subject to uh, acceptance by the TSX, to repurchase shares under a normal course issuer bid targeted to equal options exercised throughout the coming year in order to eliminate dilution to shareholders. Given the increase in commodity prices since our budget release in December, The forecast for free cash flow generation in 2021 is significantly higher at an average price of approximately uh, us 57 wti we now target to generate between 10.3 and 10.8 billion of adjusted funds flow which equates to 4.9 to 5.4 billion of free cash flow after capital and the increased dividend this provides significant opportunity to optimize allocation to our four pillars including further debt reductions and continued
3: returns to shareholders. With that, I'll turn it back to you, Tim. Thanks, Mark. Canadian Natural's advantage is our ability to effectively allocate cash flow to our four pillars. We have a well-balanced, diverse, and large asset base, which a significant portion is long-life, low decline assets, which requires less capital to maintain volumes. We balanced our commodities in 2020 with approximately 47% of our BUEs like crude oil and SEO, 32% heavy, and 21% natural gas, which lessens our exposure to the volatility in any one commodity as we move through 2021. We will continue to allocate cash flow to our four pillars in a disciplined manner to maximize value for our shareholders, which is all driven by effective capital allocation, effective and efficient operations, and by our teams who delivered top-tier results. We have robust, sustainable, free cash flow. And even in a challenging year, as 2020 returns to shareholders were significant at approximately $2 billion in dividends, 0.3 billion in share purchases, for a total of $2.3 billion. And today, our dividend was increased by 11% for the 21st consecutive year. In summary, we continue to focus on safe, reliable operations and enhancing our top-tier operations, and we will continue to drive our environmental performance. We are in a very strong position. Being nimble enhances our capacity to create value for our shareholders. Canadian Natural is delivering top-tier free cash flow generation, which is unique, sustainable, and robust, and clearly demonstrates our ability to both grow economically the business and deliver returns to shareholders by balancing our four pillars. With that, we will now open the call to questions. Thank you.
1: If you would like to ask a question at this time, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, press the pound key. First question comes from Minot Holsoff with TD Securities.
0: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app.
6: good morning everyone and uh, thanks for uh, taking my questions i'll, I'll just start with uh, one on your ongoing two-year solvent uh, eor pilot at uh, kirby south and i i believe you have a second pilot plan for uh, primrose so maybe you could just give us an update on how that's going and what is your uh, best guess on when you'll have the confidence to roll out that uh, process commercially
3: sure at, uh, tim here at kirby south um we've got one more year in which we need to uh, see well, how much of our solvent we recover uh, to, to get that piece uh, comfortable with where our recoveries would be. And then at Primrose, uh, we're just initiating that pilot. And again, it's kind of a two to three year period. Um, and, and uh, you know, based on Kirby South, we feel very confident, obviously, uh, to try it down at uh, Primrose. So, you know, in, in general, it's about a two- to three-year period for uh, to get kind of a full cycle of uh, results.
6: So do you think you would have to complete the, the Primrose pilot first before you would consider a commercial rollout? Uh,
3: for uh, so, the Primrose area, absolutely. Uh, for Kirby okay. South, to, to do that piece, we just need uh, one more year. Okay. Two and then different. my uh, – sorry, go ahead. Yeah, they're, they're different processes. Obviously, Kirby South is SAG-D, and then Primos where we're leveraging that technology, is on the steam flood area.
6: Okay. Oh, thanks for that, Tim. And then I'll follow up with a question on uh, CSS, given all of the the news flow that we've had on that front, including Exxon yesterday. Obviously, you're a, you're a dominant CCS player already, but is there any low-hanging fruit in terms of, of brownfield expansions on either the, the capture or storage side of things that could uh, boost existing capacity over the midterm?
3: uh, So I'm not quite sure on your question but uh, you know at Primrose um, obviously uh, we have extra uh, steam capacity so really uh, all we'd have to do is just get the okay to do more uh, pad ads and we can add approximately 80,000 barrels a day uh, right at uh, Primrose itself so obviously um that's not in our plan today you know we're taking a conservative approach here this year uh waiting on some uh, enbridge to get line three approved and on stream uh so you know uh, we have that in our back pocket uh, for future development hey Meno, oh, it's mark was your question
5: on css or ccs sorry, oh
6: sorry yes i might have i might have misspoken yeah i was i was uh referring to uh, ccs
5: so more on the so, carbon capture
6: front yeah yeah, that's right. Any, my specific question was, is there any uh, low-hanging fruit in terms of expansions on on the capture or storage side of things that could take your existing capacity up uh, within the next call of three to five years?
3: Uh, well, we're just working through those details right now. Obviously, you know, our advantage is having the um, the infrastructure in place. So obviously, uh, to do that, it's it's, it's Quite easily uh, done. Uh, the biggest issue is just trying to walk through the technical changes. So if you look at uh, something like, you know, in, in the thermal side, if we go towards solvents, we're going to cut our GHG emissions in half. So, um, and then in certain areas, there is areas where you can do uh, um, CO2 uh, disposal quite cheaply without uh, tying into the infrastructure. So, you know, there's lots of options. Our teams are very focused on uh, uh, going through those details and, and coming up with the best solution to reduce our uh, greenhouse gases.
6: Excellent. Uh, th- thanks for that, Jim and Mark.
1: Next question comes from Phil Gresh with J.P. Morgan.
4: Uh, hey, good morning. Um, if, first question, um, you know, very helpful color on the free cash flow generation potential here. Um, Mark, I I guess, is the goal here for 2021 just to, you know, ratchet the debt down towards that that $15 billion uh, net debt target that you've talked about in the past is, you know, get there as quickly as you can? Or, um, I guess, what other considerations do you have in terms of uh, areas of potential uses of, of cash, whether it's capital or buybacks? You know, what are scenarios where you might consider other options? Thank you
5: yeah thanks bill. Um, and as you mentioned we we put some clarity around the free cash flow pr- uh, profile for 2021. Um, as as we mentioned uh, the dividend has been increased by the board so um, that's been set uh, here uh, at $1.88 a share and and then we've we've instituted or we've been given the direction by the board that we can buy back shares equal to the amount that is uh, exercised from our option program. so so basically just to eliminate the dilution to shareholders. So th- those are kind of the two free cash flow uh, profiles right now for a shareholder return and, and then it goes to debt repayment. So you'll see, you know, in my view, significant reductions in debt as we go forward, given that
4: significant free cash flow profile. Right. OK. And as you uh, haven't gone through the, the COVID environment, is 15 billion still roughly the right uh, target you're thinking about or, or has anything changed in that regard in, in your view?
5: Yeah, right now we're just we we gen, you know generate significant free cash flow. That fifteen billion was part of a, a free cash flow allocation profile. I think if you look at where we exited twenty twenty, um, you know, able to keep debt flat uh, from basically flat from twenty nineteen levels um, shows that we're going to decrease that uh, debt level likely quite quickly here, given the uh, strip pricing. So I think you you will see that level get achieved uh, very quickly.
4: Okay, and and that would still be. Generally, where, where your target, uh, your long-term target would be, that that's where you're comfortable in a, say a mid-cycle or, or however you want to look at it in a volatile oil price environment.
5: Yeah, Phil, I think you know when the free cash flow allocation policy was out there, that was a target, but that you know that was when we would revisit uh, looking at uh, different allocation profiles. So we'll could just continue here to to manage the four pillars as we have in the past.
4: Sure. Last one for me, just on on the capex side of things i mean it it seems like pretty clear that you would prefer not to raise capital um, in this environment Um, i'm guessing inflation is probably pretty tame as as well so is is there just essentially no real scenario here in 2021 where you would think about allocating more to more to growth capital is it more of a 2022 and beyond type of event or just any last thoughts there thanks a lot
3: i think uh tim here again I think, you know, if you look at, uh, let's say, uh, 2020, uh, that year started off very uh, robust and it changed very quickly. You know, if we look at uh, it into 2021, um, you know, the volatility uh, can still be, you know, quite extreme. Obviously, there's still uh, spare capacity at OPEX. So, you know, I, I think uh, we're very happy where we are today with our CapEx and, uh, you know, we'll just look to manage our balance sheet here to the end of the year.
4: Okay. Very clear. Thank
7: you.
1: Next question comes from Greg Party with RBC Capital Markets.
7: Yeah, thanks. Good morning. I- I'm going to come back to-, to Phil's question, but maybe just ask it in a slightly different way. Um, when you go back to the minor downgrade from, from S&P, right, which was sort of placing Uh, you know, a greater industry risk or what have you around the oil sands uh, business generally or or energy generally, I guess. Mark, does that cause you to think differently about what the appropriate level of, um, you know, debt to cash flow or debt to cap is maybe, you know, in a context of of how the rating agencies are going to are going to work with you guys versus in the past?
5: Hey, thanks, Greg. You know, we, we always monitor and look at these things over the long term. So 2020, obviously, an aberration in pricing given a global pandemic. Um, you know, we have our four pillars of, of capital allocation that we've always been focused on, on being relatively balanced. Um, so, you know, y- you have to also look, Greg, at the, the source of the, of the cash flow. Um, it's, it's certainly different compared to different e companies because of the sustainability of that cash flow, because of the assets and reserves, as Darren went over, that underline that free cash flow. So it's much more sustainable in different pricing environments, and I think we saw that through
7: 2020. Okay. Yeah, that's it for me. Thank you.
1: Next question comes from Manav Gupta with Credit Suisse.
7: So
8: first of all, I want to congratulate you. I think it was only two quarters ago. That many were questioning the sustainability of your dividend. Uh, you have proven ev- that you were always right, and you knew your assets better than everybody else by raising the dividend. So, I wanted to congratulate you on that. Thanks for that. I mean, thank you. My, my quick question here here is: I think I heard that in December you hit 4.90 at oil sands. I wanted to confirm if that was the right number, it, was, it wasn't 419, it was 490. And I just want to understand, have you ever hit that level before? I think you did very well in 2Q of 20 when you hit for a quarter about 465, but I don't think you hit 490 even back then. So if you could just help us understand how you got to 490 in the month of December.
3: Sure. So uh, that was me um, with my my uh, words uh, getting lost there. but it was. 490,800 barrels a day for the month of December, and uh, obviously December 1st, the curtailment came off. Uh, we had the extra capacity at ASOP, a gross capacity of 320,000 barrels a day, and then as well at Horizon, uh, they had an excellent month at around uh, 260,000. So. Um, You know, in both areas, uh, you really have to look at uh, how well our teams have done there in terms of uh, enhancing our uh, our production. It's been small increments, but uh, um, every year they've been able to find a little more capacity and lower our costs, and uh, um, they've really done an excellent job. Uh, They really look at what are sustainable changes that we can enhance our operating costs, increase our reliability and enhance our production volume. So, it, it, yeah, it was 490,800 barrels a day. It was a tremendous uh, uh, job by our team there.
8: Congratulations, great result. I have a quick follow-up. You always have a very informed view on apportionments, pipelines. We have had a little bit of a setback here with Keystone, but do you think Enbridge Three and TMX can still uh, make sure that this don't blow out and any comments you have on the apportionment at, at current times?
3: Sure. Uh, right now, apportionment, obviously on the light side, is, is zero. So that's you know very positive for the light oil side. And then on the heavy side, we're still seeing, uh, I would say, elevated uh, apportionment, uh, forty-seven percent for for March. And uh, you know this will change; it will go down again as we start into our turnaround seasons. Uh, and you know ourselves and many others will be doing uh, maintenance activities. I guess you know on the on the heavy side. Uh, The interesting part, even though it's, you know, a 47% apportionment, uh, the differentials are are quite low at, you know, about $11. So, um, you know, it's kind of an interesting phenomenon now. Um, Obviously, uh, we feel very comfortable uh, that, uh, you know, line three will progress onward. And, uh, you know, we're going to sit here uh, this year, uh, work through uh, that, and uh, you'll see uh, that uh, Enbridge will uh, get that on stream here in Q3.
8: Thank you for taking my questions and congrats on the dividend hike. Thank you,
1: thanks, for me. Once again, to ask a question, please press star one on your telephone keypad. We have a question from Neil Meta with Goldman Sachs.
7: Good morning, team, uh, and, and congrats again on on this free cash flow guidance. I guess the the the, the first question is just really around the cash flow number. The ten point three to ten point eight billion dollars uh, is predicated on fifty seven dollar WTI, obviously. Um, Post OPEC today, we are significantly above that. So the question, the, the question is sort of the assumptions that go into that 10.3 to 10.8. What are you assuming for uh, crude differentials? And then can you remind us uh, what you're using for FX as well as and then uh, and and what the sensitivity is to every dollar change in WTI?
5: Hey Neil, it's uh, Mark. Thanks for that. It, just, just so everybody knows, in the advisory at the back of the press release, you will find uh, these numbers as far as the uh, forecasts that went into those uh, numbers. So, uh, the, disc, the WCS discount was 11.77 US per barrel. Aco um, was at 288 at GJ, and FX about 127. So, those were all just strip prices at the time that we ran the forecast.
7: And the sensitivity to every dollar change.
5: So, the sensitivity to every dollar change obviously changes as the cash flow goes up um because you generate more u.s dollar revenue um so at budget time it was probably in the neighborhood of 82 million um it's probably above 100 uh, to 125 million now uh at uh, at, a, at a penny change And uh, sorry and that's cash flow after tax for a year's average
7: i'm sorry that that's for fx right uh but for every WTI. dollar change in, in wti
5: uh, and every, every dollar change in wti is about 330 million cash flow after tax canadian
7: Okay, that's perfect. And then, just the follow-up is: is your thoughts around M and A? Do you still, you know, you, you've been opportunistic, or able to tuck in uh, Painted Pony last year? What do you think the market environment is for uh, for bolt-on acquisitions uh, in Canada, or do you view this as a time that you really want to just organically delever and return capital to shareholders? with the strong recovery in valuations and, and the commodity prices?
3: Well, I think our, our real key focus is D-Lever, um, you know, work on our operations here. Um, but, you know, um, you never can say never. Uh, we've always been optimistic uh, in our acquisitions, and, uh, you know, we look at uh, a lot of opportunities, uh, you know, that uh, we have synergies that we feel we can add a lot of value for our shareholders, so, um, you know, um, to me, uh, you know, today we're looking to deliver very quickly, uh, but, you know, we always look for, uh, you know, in terms of optimistic, uh, you know, opportunities. Thanks,
4: guys.
1: Thanks, Dale. Our last question comes from William Lacey with ATD Capital Markets.
4: Uh, gentlemen, just real quick question, and I apologize if you've got this outlined somewhere. Uh, just your thoughts on taxes other than the fact that you hate them and on royalties, especially in terms of sort of uh, post-payout uh, timing for projects. Do you have any insights on that?
5: Sure, William. It's Mark. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave some of the detail maybe to, to IR to go through with you after, but if you look at uh, cash taxes, you know, when we ran the budget at 20, for 2021 in December when we had our uh, budget press release, we were running at $45 WTI. Just to give you some perspective at that time, uh, cash taxes were in the 250 to $300 million range. I would suggest that strip here and the 57 WTI range, we'd be north of a billion dollars. But again, I'll let you take that off with uh, with IR and kind of go through the detailed modeling on it. Uh, same goes for royalties, uh, you, you're right, we have well uh, sands royalty projects that of course have a royalty regime that has a pre and post payout, so as we generate more cash flow um, that you know from those properties we can we can get into payout so another thing that I'll I'll let IR take off with you all
6: right thanks
1: and at this time I will turn the call over to mr. beaver
2: thank you operator and thank you everyone for attending this conference call this morning Canadian Naturals large well diverse asset base continues to drive significant shareholder value even through years as turbulent as 2020 The ability of our teams to deliver effective and efficient operations with top-tier performance is contributing to proven resilience as well as substantial and sustainable free cash flow. This, together with effective capital allocation, contributes to achieving our goal of maximizing shareholder value. If you do have any further questions, please don't hesitate to give us a shout. Thank you and goodbye.
1: This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.